Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show. I'm Mel Todd Wood. I'm on the road, uh, not in the studio, obviously. I'm with my co-host, Bill Quinn. Welcome, Bill. Good afternoon, Todd. How are you doing? So um, great. Uh, we've got a packed show. And Bill, we may have to go to two hours. I don't know. We'll have to talk about this offline because <laughs> there is a lot coming. Uh, just the information's a fire hose in Georgia specifically. I want to mention, uh, well, before we get started, we're brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com. We are very thankful to our audience at War Room, War Room Posse, Caravan to Midnight, and the Conservative Daily Network in Denver. And we have more syndicators asking about us coming streaming on their channels, so you may have more channels to pick up the Georgia 24 show. We want to um, also mention one of our sponsors, uh, CHD, Children's Health Defense, the pro-health uh, organization to protect children, uh, run by RFK Jr., is having a conference November 3rd through 5th in Savannah. And we really want to highlight that. Go to georgiarecord.com, look at the top menu, and it has an ad for the, the conference. And we, if you're in the area, we, we would highly recommend you check it out. RFK is going to speak, along with Mary Holland, who is just a really intelligent woman and knows everything about vaccines, children, children's health, et cetera, and, and the consequences of all this. Catherine Austin Fitz, you may have heard of her. She's a phenomenal speaker. She does the show Financial Rebellion, which we stream on CDM. It's one of our big, biggest hits, how to really survive in this environment financially. And then Andy Wakefield, who is the producer and director of the Vaxxed documentaries, uh, several years ago, he was attacked by the medical establishment for telling the truth. So really, those are just some of the speakers. They're fantastic. So you can find it if you go to georgiarecord.com at the top ad uh, in the banner. You'll see the, the conference and click on it and you find out everything about it. And speaking of ads, please sign up for our no ad subscriptions. We seriously need your help. I say this every week, but we need a lot more of these to help fund what we're doing. Uh, we run a massive operation and we really need citizen support. We don't get the Zuckerbucks. It's just you, and we just work for you. So please sign up for our no-ad subscription, top right corner. It says subscribe for no ads, 10 bucks a month. You get all 12 of our websites. The Montana Sentinel's coming on next month, and that'll be 13 uh, with no ads. It's, you can scroll across the network with no ads. So please check it out. Before we get started, I want to run a quick, uh, quick ad from our sponsor, David Cross. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. Bill, we've got Chris Gleason again, who's going to uh, break more news on the Georgia 24 show. You want to bring him in? He's a regular now, every week almost. Um, I will sure do that. Chris, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us, my friend. How are you guys doing today? Uh, we're busy. But uh, I know you've been working on something. I don't know all the details, so let us know what it is. Sure. So we've been doing uh, massive public records requests all across the country. And uh, one of those requests was for some communication between the EAC 
uh, ESNS and the various election administrators across the country. And what we saw uh, was in this communication between the EAC, um, the government organization that regulates the certification of voting systems to ESNS. And it was a letter that informed them that the addition to modems to these particular tabulators, the DS200 tabulators, would result in a void certification for the entire voting system. Well, we ended up getting a reply um, to one of these public records requests out of Hillsborough County in Florida. That's the Tampa Bay area. That's one of, part of the Tampa Bay area. And as part of this request, we had asked for any of the email communications. And in this email communication, we uh, discovered that the um, we discovered that ESNS um, had instructed the Hillsborough County Supervisor of Elections to remove the EAC certification sticker from the tabulators. This is before, right before the 2020 election. This uh, was a pretty, uh, pretty explosive revelation for us. Because so they told them to remove it because they had the modems installed. Right? Exactly. Wow. Which would mean that the EAC certification was no good. And <laughs> so if you have modems attached to these DS200 tabulators, there is no EAC certification for them. And it's also an admission that they were connected to the internet huh. with modems. <laughs> Somebody tell Brian Kemp. Somebody tell <laughs> Brian Kemp. And so that, that's one of uh, the wonderful things that uh, uh, we discovered this week. The other thing was that I was made aware that a particular case in Leon County in Florida um, that that um, pertained to a congressional candidate and two of the counties being Broward and Palm Beach County, um, there was an active case uh, going on there over the contest of the 2022 primary election. And so what we did or what is going about to go down there is a request for production of documents to include the audit logs that show all of the evidence of the misfeasance and malfeasance and fraud that we know has been going on. And as this is an active case, um, this um, the plaintiff in this case has a full right to all of this data because she has standing. And we also have my case in Pinellas County, which we expect to be getting some discovery on uh, as well. So pretty pretty explosive stuff, all related to uh, all of these other cases that are going on all across the country. So just so people know, you've done thousands of open records requests. And a lot of times, and you did this because you wanted to catch people off guard in the in some of these jurisdictions, right? And, yeah, it, worked, so and it works. It works. And it works very, very effectively because not everybody cheats the same way in the same spot. So right. they're willing to give us data that we were unsure of 
in one place or another, but we end up getting a clear picture. Mm -hmm. And so this whole process has shown us exactly where the big cheat is going on and where to look. Now, here in Florida, our good friend Ron, uh, Ron DeSantis and Cord Bird, you know, they've done their best to try to obfuscate where the big cheat has been going on um, in our ability to get uh, visibility in there. But what we expect with Mike's suit in Pinellas and this other suit in Leon County that includes Broward and Palm Beach County, we expect that the information that they are going to be required to hand over to us is going to bring this whole uh, gold standard of corruption down in Florida and elsewhere. So just so you know, this is what you're doing is all private funded. You're not got any billionaires behind you. If None. people want to <laughs> literally help the tip of the spear, people who are doing this on their own, go to the justice you know, give him 20 bucks that adds up. And uh, we really need your support to help the legal efforts that are going on to uh, a lot. Of, nobody, a lot of people don't know. Chris does a lot of this pro se, which means he does all the legal research himself and does it all himself. So, uh, but we do have to hire attorneys and, and we need um, support. Extra right? computing power. We yeah. need extra computing power because Roger this that. is very time intensive and we can automate it. And we need your help. So if you're listening to this, um, you know, we really need your support at thejusticesociety.com. What else, Chris? Anything else? Uh, I think people are going to be seeing a lot of interesting things going on out, out in Wisconsin with the Supreme Court Justice Janet up there. Um, I think we might see a uh, potential Supreme Court Justice um, getting impeached before wow. she even gets going because she took a lot of illegal money. Was this the so, one that was just elected that caused a big stir because she hmm. surprised everybody? Yeah. Yeah. It was the okay. most heavily funded Supreme Court state campaign in history. Wow. Well, Chris, thank you for your time. Really appreciate hey, it. And I know you're working some other stuff and we'll keep that as a surprise for down the road. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you, Chris. Have a great day. Right. Well done, Chris. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. You want to drop? There you go. Yeah, there we are. So go ahead. Wow. You know, every time we every time we talk to Chris, there's another facet to this thing. It's like it's like this dark gemstone of all these different things going on, and he find he keeps finding another facet in the gem. It's bad. Yeah, news. well, the thing is that it's all interconnected like a big spider web across the country. So if you find this act blue yeah. money laundering in one place, it's a pretty good chance it's going on over here too. Yeah. So, they wouldn't uh, have, they wouldn't have had it, have it in place and had just for one or two candidates. It seems to be used exactly. slightly differently, but essentially with the same mechanics in, uh, you know, in many places across the country. Exactly. So we talked about before on the last show, Bill, that there's kind of a moral uh, dilemma in Georgia where you have a lot of, seemingly good people that can't pull the scales off their eyes or are not willing to do to have the courage to face up to what's happening in Georgia inside the GOP. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be good. Uh, Father Troy Beecham is an Atlanta resident. Uh, I've known him well. His partner uh, went to the Air or his brother went to the Air Force Academy with me, who's my partner 
uh, in some of our efforts here at CDM. And I found Troy to be just an extremely spiritual person, but also wise and kind. And I, I thought he would be good to talk to him about really what's how we can face a lot of this moral dilemma in Georgia. So here we go. Decided to talk with a friend of CDM in the Georgia record, uh, Father Troy, Troy Beecham, who is a, an Episcopal priest. And he has a, a story to tell on his own. You can check out our series, Where Are the Bonhoppers, where he's been highly uh, mentioned and, and highlighted there. Welcome to the show, Father. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to, good to have you. Um, so I wanted to talk to you because we've got a moral dilemma in Georgia, across the nation, but really in Georgia, where you have the leadership of the Republican Party, yeah. uh, the governor on down, the secretary of state, the, yeah. the attorney general, leaders of the Republican Party in the state are essentially doing some really bad things, in my view. They are stopping democracy. They are using prosecutorial abuse to attack President Trump whether you like Trump or not, yeah. it's not right. And I have a real, I mean, you have, we had a fish fry last week where a lot of pleasant ladies were out taking tickets, but they were stopping people from coming into the rally if they had the wrong t-shirt on. Wow. That, that's not America. And I just don't, I wanted to talk to you about that moral problem of what is going on. Why are these people acting this way who are normally good people, but they're not acting in the best interest of their kids, of Americans or their grandchildren or anything. I'll let you talk. Yeah. Wow. So that, that that's a that's a big question, um, and it's uh, the roots of it. I think are uh, at least a hundred years old. Mm. Um, you know, none of this happens overnight. Right. Uh, what happens are seeds are sown um, at some time in the past, and they are uh, watered and tended. Uh, by mm. people who are intent upon changing the culture. Mm. And when they grow and finally begin to bear fruit, uh, it's, it feels like it's sudden. Right. But it's not been sudden. Um, this has been going on. I mean, if you, if, if you really want to talk about it, you know, the roots go back to um, the, the Renaissance, the Protestant Reformation, Mm -hmm. um, uh, the uh, Enlightenment period, mm -hmm. all of these uh, created uh, points of departure for Western European culture. And each of them called into question, uh, what is truth? Hmm. How do we determine what is truth? What are the sources of authority that we appeal to um, to make truth claims. So this has been a long, slow slide towards where we are now. Um, where we are now was given a particular boost um, in the late 19th century, um, and not just with Marx and Engels, uh, who, of course, introduced to the world one of the most satanic um, political ideologies that we've seen in uh, centuries. Um, I documented in one of the articles that I wrote that just in the 20th century, um, uh, the political philosophies of the left are directly responsible for 
the death of nearly 22% of the entire human population of the 20th century. (laughs) Right? I mean, that's astonishing. Yeah. Right? It is. So what do you think? uh, Well, there's several questions that come up, right? How do you stop it? How do you reverse it? Uh, What do you say to these people? Yeah. When you have a nice woman who looks at you straight in the eye and says, you can't come in yeah. with that T-shirt on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's against the Constitution. It's against the First Amendment. It's against yeah. what we believe or yeah. used to believe. Yeah. When you have a governor who looks you in the eye and says it's not connected to the Internet, when we all know they are. Yeah, uh, they obviously were. So how from a Christian, I mean, I know from a power point of view how people think we should deal with it in a political point of view, but how from a, I mean, are, are these people lost? I mean, what, what do you, th- I mean, how do you save their souls? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, p- part of what's happened and, you know, it's, it's part of the, uh, it's literally part of the playbook. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that you do first, you attack the uh, sources of authority, mm-hmm. the things uh, to which people, appeal um, for truth claims. And so we've been dealing with that uh, specifically in in the West. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, I mean, back to the 16th century up to now, but it was given, you know, a steroid shot with, with the birth of leftist ideologies of the late 1900s, mm-hmm. uh, the early um, uh, 20th century. After attacking the sources of truth. And part of what happened um, in uh, Western Europe was that in Germany um, at the end of the 19th century um, and the birth of uh, biblical archeology, span they started calling into question whether or not the Bible was uh, trustworthy, mm-hmm. was, was accurate. And that had, it was a watershed um, moment for Western European civilization and Western European uh, Christianity. And it's taken uh, decades of of archeology span to um, finally get to the point um, to say that pretty much, if it says it's happened in the Bible and this, this town was here and the Assyrians actually attacked here, biblical archeology span in the last 40 years has has shown, 95% 95% at least, yeah. right? That all of that actually happened. So that, you can go to Sodom and Gomorrah and see the brimstone in, yeah, the, so in the, the soil. Yeah. So the, yeah. that we have in the Holy Scriptures, um, you have to decide. And, and, and this, is, this is the question. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you decide what is true? So mm-hmm. part of the playbook, after um, calling into question sources of authority, um, you start to colonize uh, the language um, and you start to colonize how people think. And so what we've seen just in the last 20 years um, and just ramped up over the scandemic, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, people's minds, because of the relentless onslaught of the so-called media, of perpetrating only one um, narrative, mm-hmm. uh, it, it takes a strong person 
to be um, inundated with a consistent and constant narrative to not eventually be affected by it and for it to colonize your thinking. Sure. Uh, you can see it every day in people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, I stopped probably 30 something years ago watching mainstream TV. Right, right. Certainly stopped watching mainstream um, uh, news shows because mm -hmm. these are not journalists. They are, they are um, entertainers who are given mm -hmm. a script. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those frightening things that most of us don't know or don't realize that, you know, back in the 70s, there were several thousand independent newspapers and radio mm -hmm. stations, et cetera, et cetera. They are almost all of them now owned by four companies. Yeah, they're rolled up for sure. And they are all given scripts to read. Mm -hmm. And that is every channel. And I'm, I, I don't want to offend people, but with the few outliers like Tucker Carlson, mm -hmm. the local Fox News is just as scripted as MSNBC, ABC. Right. So one of the things we have to decide is what are we going to, uh, what's going to be our daily diet of what mm -hmm. we allow into our minds, mm -hmm. um, you know, through our ears and through our eyes. Yeah. Uh, because the narrative, uh, the left has got the narrative right now. The left has won uh, for the majority, as far as I can understand it, of Americans, um, and even in the church, um, in the American church and just the Western church, mm -hmm. they have won the narrative that they are the uh, arbiters of what is good, what is trustworthy, what is noble, what ought to be supported, what ought to be rejected. Um, so folks who are trying to fight against this leftist colonization uh, of our thinking. Um, it's, it's, it's a big job. I mean, how, how many people do you know have chosen to uh, stop their daily um, uh, diet of mainstream media well you really do have to unplug from the matrix i mean you, you really, absolutely you have, just to. have to just say i'm not going i'm not going to leave fox on all night even yes. listen to it in the background yeah you know i'm yeah. going to search out for different news outlets that i yeah. can and that's have, the, yeah there there are good reputable um actual investigative journalists mm -hmm. out there mm -hmm. sadly they're they're hard to find yeah uh, <laughs> we're working on that um yeah. oh. <laughs> let me ask let me change the subject is there any doubt in your mind we're in a spiritual battle and that some people have been absolutely not this, possessed, this for lack of a better word i mean this is absolutely a a battle for the soul of of western civilization and locally this is absolutely a battle for the soul of america and of georgia mm -hmm. um I, I said it earlier, and I'll repeat it. Uh, leftist ideology um, is is absolutely, at least in, in my estimation, and mm -hmm. you can take it or leave it, is absolutely uh, diabolical. It's satanic. Mm -hmm. There, there is nowhere in the world, in the last hundred years, where leftist 
whether it's national socialism, Soviet socialism, whatever form you want to call it, yeah. that it doesn't end up in some form of genocide. Yes. Every single time it is, it is a 100% uh, scorecard for them yeah. that it always ends up in genocide. And how in God's name, I, 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 I pray about this and I wonder mm-hmm. how have people been convinced and you hear it all the time, well, real socialism's never been tried. Yeah. I, I, excuse me. It's going to work this time. I think the Soviets would disagree with you. And I think the Chinese mm-hmm. uh, would disagree with you. And I think Venezuela would disagree with you. Mm-hmm. And I think North Korea would disagree. Go down the list. Yeah. <laughs> right? It has been tried and it's been shown to be genocidal in every case. So what do we say? when we can look at history and see the history of that. And at the same time, we see the minds of entire nations captivated by the narrative that the the left are the arbiters of goodness, righteousness, nobility, the only ones to be trusted. Mm -hmm. Um, And that uh, conservative, and that has many definitions as you know. Any form of conservatism is uh, reactionary and bad and hates. Um, yeah, you know, I got I got told by Media Matters a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I hate I hate you know I hate everybody. I hate gays. I hate vaccinated. I hate you know blacks. I hate Jews. I hate yeah. everything. Yeah, you know, and you know. so it's hard when you are when we are faced. You know, and I as 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 a parish priest. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, preach and teach (laughs) in a way um, that uh, intentionally, one, I'm just presenting the gospel Mm -hmm. as simply and as plainly as I possibly can do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need dressing up. It doesn't need, um, it it doesn't need uh, uh, special strobe effects and smoke machines, right? The gospel is powerful. And the true claims of the scriptures are powerful and life-changing. And it's no wonder that these forces of of darkness want to make people uh, no longer trust um, and have as a benchmark for deciding what is good and true and noble, um, the the sacred scriptures. even people who have been in church their whole lives, just, just in the 20 years that I've been a priest, um, the, the rapid change from, um, I wouldn't even necessarily call it conservatism yeah. um, in a political sense, but being at least biblically conservative. That is, mm-hmm. I believe the scriptures, I believe they're true, um, I believe they're accurate, right? <laughs> Just in the last 20 years, confidence in that, it went, I mean, lightning speed um, in, in, from the 90s to now, so I guess that's 30 years. From the mid-90s to right now, the transformation of uh, American Christianity is stunning. Um, yeah, and I find that this... Uh 
what is happening now actually proves a lot of, I mean, if you read Revelation or any of the other, I mean, it's pretty obvious what's going on right now. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, um, And this slide that we're witnessing, um, we're on a a greased slide now, (laughs) right? None of this is moving at a slow pace. This is not glacial. A hundred years ago, they knew it was going to take several generations to affect this kind of cultural change. Um, in the late 50s, you know, Khrushchev was famous for his fiery speeches at the uh, mm-hmm. UN. You know, he said when communism, when Soviet socialism comes to America, it won't come with tanks. It will come with uh, applause because we are going to uh, colonize your educational system. So what I don't have much more time in this segment, but and I want to have you back because I I love I could talk to you all day. But um, what should we Georgians say? We have a ruling class. I I think Colton Moore, Senator Moore said it well on our Sunday show. We have a ruling class in the GOP who is not doing good things. And Mm -hmm. what and a lot of people are following them because maybe they have allegiance to Kemp. Maybe they have allegiance to the old party leadership. Yeah but they're doing evil things. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what, what do you say to the nice old lady who, you know, thinks she's doing the right thing when she's supporting this administration, which yeah. is doing criminal behavior? Yeah. Well, I, I think one of the things that has to happen, and I argued this uh, for years and years, literally decades with my uh, dad and my brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that. Um, that um, and you're an Atlanta native, and so you're a Georgian. So yeah, just put like, out, put that yeah, out. The uh, news media absolutely cannot be trusted. I mm-hmm. discovered that in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I just started asking questions of, after watching 2020. I would go on, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and do my own research and discovered, oh, these people are lying, and they're lying in a, in, in a particular direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the things that has to happen. Um, one, you have to unplug from the matrix. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you just, you have to stop feeding your brain mm-hmm. um, the, the, the one narrative that they are just pounding into our brains. Yeah, We, we have to stop um, being afraid, one, of saying, no, that truth claim is, is not accurate or real. Mm-hmm. No, I will not participate in this lie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if a person, uh, and this is not a knock on people whose affections are ordered towards their own sex at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, um, yeah but, we're not talking about sexual orientation here. No, no. <laughs> if you're a man and you go through life-altering surgeries to disfigure your body and you're, you're taking hormones um, and you want to be called she, um, I don't have to participate in the lie that you are not, in fact, a man who is suffering from some kind of mental illness and deserves respect and and kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have to participate in the lie. And so, you don't have to push it on kids either. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. What is going on with yeah. with the insistence of exposing our children? 
to sexually inappropriate material. Well, it, you talk about the old uh, tactics. That's straight out of the book. And it I is. Mean, it the is, old Maoist tactic. It's the same thing they did in the Cultural Revolution. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's textbook. Mm -hmm. And so par part, of, part of the thing is, one, you have to unplug from the matrix. Mm -hmm. Two, we have to educate people that mm -hmm. we can show them literally the text book <laughs> mm -hmm. the playbook that says this is how you overthrow a country mm -hmm. um and i think one of the other things that's really important and it took a long time to convince my family is i'm not a democrat i'm not a republican they they are they're the push me pull you from the dr doolittle story they are the same creature yeah <laughs> right now they are for sure they are the same yeah yeah and Definitely. yes, there are outliers. There are true believers on both sides who are uh, are, are uh, good actors. Uh, they are trying to do what's best for the country. Um, but I think the parties as a whole, they're the same creature and their agendas um, are being run from somebody else somebody's running the show and it's not i call it uh between freedom and control that's really what is out there right now yeah. it's the gop or the democrats i mean that you yeah. look at what's going on i mean the, in the state legislatures in texas they're yeah. coming, you know banding together to take out ken paxton because yeah. he had the gall to to stand up against this garbage yeah and what's happening okay. here in georgia yeah yeah, George is a mess. Father, I have to leave it there, and but I do want to have you back. Um, we've Anytime. been remiss in have, not having you on more, so thank you, and we'll talk again soon. All right, take care. God bless. Take care. Thank you, Bill. So uh, we want to have Father uh, Beecham back. He's quite powerful, in my opinion. Uh, I, I very much agree. You know, it's funny. The timing is... is um, telling you know he's talking about things over a longer period of time but we're seeing very specific moves mm -hmm. literally as you know as we speak almost just this week um you may know emory healthcare the, the largest hospital concern in the state elected to drop christmas eve from its approved holiday list and added juneteenth Mm -hmm. I, I don't have anything against Juneteenth. I think that's that's fine if folks want to celebrate that. But it is notable that that in doing that, rather than adding another option, they actually dropped Christmas Eve. Yeah, yeah. And I found that surprising. As we were listening to the father, I was looking at something that came up a couple of weeks ago, too. Up in Minnesota, an art gallery, a well-known art gallery, apparently, um, held a family-friendly demon summoning ceremony. Nice. Um, Which means kids were there. Family friendly means minors. Yeah, they could be. And yeah. it was it's reported in the Daily Caller for folks that want to go check. But these are not um, these are not imaginary things we're talking about. These are on the ground, weird, strange, but clearly spiritual things that we're saying. So for sure. So more to come, our audience for that. So um, I want to talk now. We've all seen what happened in Maui. We still don't know what's going on. There's 2,000 kids that are missing, uh, possibly uh, just a like a war scene out of nowhere. People had no idea. One day, one minute things are fine. The next minute they walk out, there you know a fire is sweeping down to consume everything, uh, and not just a fire, but something very evil and strong. So. My point is that you need to prepare yourself and your family for emergencies. 
Those people still don't have resources they need to this day. So protect your family. Go to the wellness company, twc.help forward slash CDM. Check out their emergency medical kit. It has medications for any disease that your family, you know, may run into. Not anything, but most of them. Anywhere from, you know, COVID to a tick bite to any kind of uh, bioweapon type scenario like bubonic plague or whatever. You're going to have medications. One of those kits takes care of one adult, so you may need more than one. But go to the wellness company, twc.help forward slash CDM. If you use promo code CDM, you get a 10% discount. So please use the promo code and support us and support uh, companies that are trying to prepare for the future. So that's twc.help forward slash CDM. Thank you, Bill. So uh, talk to us about our next guest. So um, some odd things. We've been kind of reporting a little bit on it in the last couple of months, but now it's really come to a head this week. Um, <clears throat> to Let me, if I can, I'll give a quick summary, and then you'll see Hank flesh this out. So essentially what's happened is um, a person was nominated for the election board in Forsyth County, and that nomination did not follow written law, the steps that need to be followed in the written law, written ordinances in Forsyth, nor in the state of Georgia. Um, and it was done very early for reasons that seem a bit suspicious. Um, the county commission was informed of the error and the fact that this nomination was done unlawfully. They were informed of that five months early before um, the time that it would be necessary to swear in a, a replacement. And unbeknownst to us, it, it seems bizarre. They, they chose to take no action. And so this week, uh, Joel Nett, an individual in Forsyth County, was sworn in again to a election board seat despite the lawful process of nomination by the local uh, GOP. And uh, for reasons we can't understand, the, the county, has, again, chose to take no action. So Hank... Hank Sullivan has done a bunch of work on this, and we were lucky enough to catch up with Hank and, and hear his views as to what the heck is going on in Forsyth. Sit down with Hank Sullivan. He's a well-known author, researcher, and businessman in Forsyth County. Welcome to the show, Hank. Uh, it's great to be with you guys. So uh, tell us what's going on in Forsyth. <laughs> well, that's kind of a loaded question. There's a lot of things going on in Forsyth. But I think in particular, what we're here to discuss is this, uh, this, I don't know, Manchurian candidate appointment that we've recently had it on our elections board. And when I say Manchurian candidate, what I'm saying is that, that the individual who has now taken the oath and is now uh, a, 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 a member of the Forsyth County Registrations and Election Board, they call it the BRE, um, was never lawfully nominated nor appointed. And this is not the first time. This is just the first time that anyone has looked into the, to the, the laws that, were, that are required uh, and the procedures that are required in order to nominate and appoint such an individual. But this is the actually the third time that this one individual, his name is Joel Nat, has received this office unlawfully. And I say that because um, it defies the law. 
it absolutely defies the law that he's in there. So I, I feel uncomfortable. I, I feel very comfortable saying that he's he's in there unlawfully because none of the laws were were followed. But I think it's important for your your listeners uh, to understand that this is just part of a larger picture here. This is just something that's happening local in Forsyth County. Uh, the Georgia record has reported on this, that mm -hmm. there was uh, discrepancies in the way that the, the, the same board appointment was made, say, in Cherokee County and in Fulton County. So all of these counties, Cherokee, Fulton and Forsyth County, are all in they're all neighboring counties. And so this is this is locking down a certain large uh, portion of the state. Um, with respect to population and and with respect of, uh, say, Cherokee and Forsyth County, it's locking down control of our elections in in two counties that are largely red, largely Republican. Uh, you for excuse me, Fulton County, of course, is is completely different. But here they've locked down two different counties that are largely Republican with with Manchurians, <laughs> that's all, that's the best way to put them, Manchurians who, who are now in position to, to create policy and make major decisions with respect to the, uh, re the registrations in the county and, and in the aftermath of an election to making decisions on, say, whether a hand recount is necessary Oh, whether right. there is enough evidence to support um, additional work to generate a a, uh, a correct finding in in our election. So so this is important for everyone, not just in the state of Georgia, but I expect all around to be on guard for this kind of thing. So what we have here is a method that has been employed for many years that is not according to the law. The method I'm talking about is the way that these these uh, nominations are made. The way that the law is written here in Forsyth County, the the nominations for the two major political parties, uh, Democrat and Republican, come from the parties themselves. And so you have you have a party chairman, you have an executive board, and you have what they call the county executive committee, which is comprised of all of the precinct chairs. So in for, for example, in Forsyth County, that totals up to about 35 people. Now, there's been this misunderstanding uh, going back as far as anyone can remember, including preceding chairs of the Forsyth County Republican Party, that, that the manner in which these nominations then go to the county commission are, uh, only include the determination of the county chairman. So that would be one person deciding on who the next representative for the entire Republican Party in the county would be. And then that person tenders that, that, uh, not that name to the county commission. County commission <laughs> invariably rubber stamps it whenever it comes up. And that person becomes the, the actual appointee on the board. And that's what just happened in the past seven, six, seven months here. Um, so we had an outgoing chairman who 
who obviously knew that he was not going to win in March to become the, the new chairman, making an appointment in, in, during, his, uh, during his office for the next office, mm-hmm. which we all know in, in, say, for example, with our General Assembly, with Congress, you have two-year terms for the Congress and General Assembly. You can in, introduce bills during those, those terms. However, if those bills are, are not uh, acted upon or not passed during that, that time frame, then they have to be reintroduced in the next Congress or the next General Assembly. Well, so let me let me not, ask one question, Hank, if I could. When sure. when was what was the date that a nomination needed to be submitted to the county commission? Well, there are drop dead dates, um, and I'd have to go back and look at it. Uh, this is Article Three, Section Two of our county code, which also is state law. So there is a drop dead date, for example, in the last thirty days. If, if a nomination has not come forward, then, then the a- actual uh, the determination and the, the appointment goes to a state judge. Yeah. So it, there's steps in that process. But originally, all of the time frames that we're talking about were well in advance of any, any drop dead date. So there was not a curtain falling on any of these. Any, Approximately any of these seven days. to eight months early, um, I think I've seen in your previous writings. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. The, uh, the nomination by the, the preceding uh, chairman of the Forsyth County GOP was actually made in December of 2022. It was acted upon by the County commission the first week in February, I believe it was February 2nd. And it was, it was merely, if you, it's all on video and it's in, it's in their uh, uh, minutes. Um, they merely, the county attorney brings it up to their attention that there is, a, has been a nomination for the next term of this seat that was coming open at the end of August. So that was in February for a new term beginning in September, September the 1st. Wow. So it was well out in advance and knowing that he was not going to be in office past March. March came in uh, a a new party chairman, a new board, um, a lot of new members of the county executive committee, meaning the precinct chairs and all that. So if this nomination were not made during that time period, then it would have never been made by the new board because they would have not considered the individual that was was nominated uh, back in February or back in December. And so was this violation guys, brought to the attention of the county commission? The, the violation was brought to the county com, to, uh, con, county commission on May the 17th. Uh, the new uh, hmm. chairman of the Forsyth County Republican Party sent a letter to the county commission informing them that uh, officially she sent uh, sent a letter as well as an email copying all of the members of the now executive committee, the, being the chief executive committee, that, that this nomination that they had received and they had, oper- they did, they had passed uh, back in February was unlawful, that it never was taken to the county executive committee. There was never a ratification on it. And so they were put on notice back in May that the individual that they appointed 
was unlawful according to uh, the way that the law is written. And ever since then, they have, they have been speaking to each other. They have had meetings with each other and they've all tried to uh, seemingly, I say, I don't even think they're trying, but they seemingly have been trying to create some kind of a, uh, an understanding between Mr. Nat and the Republican Party to where he might agree to step down at a certain period of time. And, uh, you know, all that was just a smokescreen. It was just let a me guess after the 24 election. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he actually, he actually agreed at one point to step down after the 2024 primaries. Uh, okay. But but that would have been a smoke screen anyway, because he then he wouldn't step down and then you'd have yeah. to you can record to get him to step down and have to adjudicate all that. So, you know, it's it's is all just a smoke screen. It's just a way of dragging this thing out. And ultimately, ultimately, they dragged it out as far as they could. And and then Mr. Knapp was was actually sworn in last week, last Tuesday. So we have a Manchurian candidate that's occupying a major office as vice chair of this powerful board of, of registrations and elections. And he knows it. The funny thing about it, a lot of this is you got to look at it. it it's kind of humorous the way these things work out. Um, but so, so Joel Nat was the County GOP uh, rules chairman as well as the parliamentarian. So it was his responsibility to know all of this to know what the laws of appointments were. And, and if he just didn't know it, then uh, it was his responsibility to know it anyway. But I, I th think reasonable people would determine that, that the county parliamentarian obviously understood the manner in which uh, a, a board of elections um, nomination had to be made and had to be approved by the county commission. But this individual is the same one who spread all of the, the, the knowledge that it was just one party chair who had all of that, that power to make the nomination unilaterally for the board of commission, uh, board of commissioners to, so, to, uh, what are some of the concerns about, about Mr. Nat being in this seat? If you can elaborate a little bit on that, I've, I've seen, some writings on, you know, past testimony, apparently against the election integrity bill and other things. Can you shed some light on that? Yes, I think uh, at least in my circle, I, I expect in uh, both of your circles, there are a lot of people that question the outcome of the 2020 elections. And after the 2020 elections, there was all a, a lot of attention being uh, focused down at our Georgia General Assembly with regard to potential reforms of our election laws so that we could prevent another, another 2020. Um, and so Mr. Nat was one of the people they called down to, to testify. There was what I consider to be an excellent bill, would have been HB 1464 in 2021, that that would have, you know, for example, given the public access to the actual ballots so that they they could uh, they could be looked at and they could be examined um, by more than just 
the individuals who were in charge of the elections. That was just one of the things. And of course, Mr. Nat went down and he testified against 1464 um, for various reasons. One of the reasons me being that one of the provisions would require them to buy too much paper uh, to, to, so, you mean this so it, stuff? Yeah, that stuff that you got in your hand. Yeah, it would, it would take too much paper to make sure that we have fair elections. So, uh, so that was that was just one of the things that that he did. Um, subsequent to that, uh, there was an individual who just purely out of patriotism spent the time and the effort, just weeks and weeks and weeks, and he had generated a list of almost thirteen thousand people who whose addresses on the voter rolls were not the same as they were on the national change of address database. And, and so he brought all this information to this board um, that, that Joel Nat is the vice chair, vice chair of. And, and he, he said, I've done, I've done all this work for you. This is work you're supposed to be doing, of course, but I've done all this work for you. Actually, I'm making that up. I'm, he didn't say that. He's a much nicer fellow than I am. But that's the way I would have couched it. Look, I'm doing your job for you. Here's 13,000 names. All of these people need to, to be investigated. All these addresses need to be investigated. And Joel, uh, Joel essentially said, uh, we appreciate very much that you have brought all this to our attention. Would you please bring this back again when we have more time to consider it and, and send send him on his way. Subsequently, they, they, they dismissed the challenges at that time. Is that correct? They dismissed it. Yes. They dismissed all the challenges uh, unanimously <laughs> after he'd done all this work. And then, and subsequently, of course, Mr. Nat had, uh, he had to explain this because he's the Republican representative on the BRE or one of two of them. And so that evening, as the Georgia Record knows very well, because the Georgia Record um, published a video that was taken of his remarks over at the GOP headquarters that evening, in which Mr. Nat, Mr. Nat admitted, he, he admitted agreement with the individual who had done all this work, that there were somewhere between 29,000 and 34,000 names on the Georgia voter rolls that quote shouldn't be there. <laughs> so I I don't know how you defend this. I don't know how you defend this. Well, that's the question, yeah. Hank. I mean, you've obviously got somebody that has an agenda for some reason. We can guess why the election's coming. They don't want Trump on the ballot that is in a position illegally. I mean, the real question only now is what are the good people of Forsyth County going to do about it? Well, that's a good question. Um, I'd say there's a core group of individuals who, uh, uh, and I'm one of them, who believe that we have an extraordinarily powerful case here. Mm -hmm. And uh, and this group uh, put Mr. Nat on notice with a cease and desist order prior to raising his right hand and swearing an oath. Because if you swear an oath falsely, <laughs> in the state of Georgia, it can be a felony. Mm -hmm. And so we put him on notice for several violations of the process that he obviously knew about um, of him becoming this uh, 
the member of the BRE. Um, and, and of course, I, I'm not going to tip our hat okay. on any particular um, future uh, possible remedies that we may seek. And, and within this core group, there is, uh, as I told, as I wrote to the, uh, uh, the county commission, by, by their actions, and let me back up just a second. Mm -hmm. See, the county commission is culpable here because mm -hmm. the law says that they had to certify that the law was followed to the clerk of the court. There's a path for this information to go from the county commission to the clerk of the court, to the secretary of state, to the governor, and then back down to a local probate judge. And she's the one who would swear him in. That's how this has to happen. But the first thing has to happen is where the county commission really made a mistake because they certified something that they had been already put on notice was untrue. <laughs> so when you do that, Mm -hmm. You got problems. You got mm -hmm. big problems. And that the county, the county attorney who's been doing this forever and he, he's been ushering in these nominations to the county commission for as long as anyone knows. Um, he obviously knows what the law is and he knows that it, that they have when they certify something, that means that if it's untrue, that there are potential damages uh, that accrue but because of, of their uh, negligence uh, or un, untruthfulness, however you want to say. It. So we have, a, we have a, a county commission who is culpable here. It's not like they get a free pass on any of this stuff. So that's one case. The, the other case, of course, is against Mr. Nat, who knowingly has, has, be, has uh, taken this office. And there's another nominee that was actually lawfully nominated for this position. Now he's out of a seat because this Anchurian came in ahead of him and took the seat. So you have another individual who has damages. So uh, there, there are actually at least three sets of people who, who have potential damages here. You have the guys who didn't were not allowed to vote on the candidate, even though that they were lawfully empowered and required to vote on the candidate. You have the individuals who actually did ratify the new candidate and their, their ratification, their votes have been disenfranchised by the county commission. And then you have the individual himself who is now out of, it is a paying job. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. a paying job. Mm -hmm. It pays $300 a month. He's retired. He could use the $300 a month. If that's, even if you just want to make it about money, he's got damages about this, but he also has damages because he's being de denied uh, part of his life because otherwise he'd be spending part of his life on this board doing things he thinks is is important for him and in well, his own and life. And the people of Forsyth County who, uh, according to the Georgia you know, Supreme Court, probably would have standing here probably. based on the recent ruling. I, so I agree. They are suffering, you know, uh, illegality in their elections. Yeah. That's huge. We, so the we as citizens have every right to expect that our county commission is going to abide by the law. And I made an point, I made a point to one of our county commissioners recently. I said, look, you're, you're claiming that you don't understand the law here because you keep deferring to the county.
attorney. Whenever I say, you need to look at this and read this yourself, all you say is the county attorney doesn't agree with me. Well, look, if you're you're the one that's that's actually writing the laws, you're the one who's who's creating the laws and you're telling me you don't understand what the laws mean that you create. <laughs> Come on. Somebody's got to give me a county, break. Here. Who's the county attorney? Uh, county attorney's name is Ken Gerard. What's his background? Does he have a background of upholding the law? I can't tell you um, one way or the other. I just know that that in this case, there's a real question whether he's given our county commission good advice and whether he has been pressing forward to to uphold legal processes. You look mm -hmm. in the ethics requirements of the Georgia State Bar. He has a requirement to uphold legal process. Well, there is a legal process involved with this, and he has not upheld the legal process. When he was given notice that the legal process had not been followed, then according to the state, uh, state bar and their ethics rules, he had an obligation to uphold it. To well, stop you know, what, what, what's the difference between a, a county employee the, you know, saying, well, I think my salary should be double what it, it is, and I'm not going to follow the process to have the county board approve it. I'm just going to start taking more money. I mean, there, there's no difference. I mean, you're breaking the law, right? Am I wrong? Well, I would say in the case of the attorney, you might be able to find laws broken, but he's certainly violation of an ethics rule because it's stated clearly mm -hmm. that that one of theirs, one of their clear responsibilities is to uphold legal process. And, and that's for a very good reason, because it, these legal processes are designed in order to maintain equity in the system to where the people's voices are heard. The, right. the Georgia Constitution says that that all government power is vested in the people. So if the people's voices are not heard and not registered in who is elected to to represent them, whether it's a personal representative down at the, uh, the General Assembly or the governor or a board member right here yeah. in the county. If their voices are not heard, then you just defeated the, the very reason we call ourselves a republic. And especially because this is a board of election seat, mm -hmm. that's part, that's, this is a part of a system that is guaranteed to the people under Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution. That right. is where the U.S. government is that it guarantees to the states a Republican form of government, which means that the power of the people is registered in the government. And if it is not registered in the government, you just you just threw the Republic out the window. And that's well, what happened. And we've seen the monetary and physical consequences of that throughout this Republic of not following election law. I mean, yeah. the economy, financial uh, wars happening that wouldn't have happened. But go ahead, Bill. Um, you meant you mentioned earlier just how um, red, I guess, was one way to put it. Forsyth and Cherokee are They're They're deemed to be heavily Republican counties. How has the Democratic Party reacted to these questions surrounding Mr. Nat's nomination? <laughs> that's that's interesting, too, because when all of this started getting out, um, and, and by the way, I'm going to tout my own Substack for people, if, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, if, if you want to find you want to find me, 
It's uh, hanksullivan.substack.com. Hank Sullivan, written as one word, .substack.com. And I put all of this, all of this is on my Substack. And so when the word started getting out to maybe the southern parts of the county, which is where the the uh, Democratic strongholds are in Forsyth County, uh, which coming this way, um, they they came out immediately um, uh, imploring the county commission not to succumb to the this this crazy person up here. And they used my name at the county commission meetings. But um, but to to then stick to their guns and and Joel Nat is the individual who's entitled to this position. And, uh, and so they came out in support of Joel Nat. Yeah. The in the same in the same paragraph that they came out supporting Governor Kemp uh, for his steadfastness, steadfastness toward maintaining uh, election integrity. So, yes, yeah, they're supporting our, our governor as well as our new Board of Elections <laughs> member. Yes. Wow. So uh, you mentioned earlier there there are other um, paths now created to follow. I know I know you um, had mentioned you don't want to show your show your um, cards in terms of what those next steps might be. Do you sense yeah. that folks are going to be in in broad based support of of all of this and fixing this problem um, across Forsyth? I, I think that the the people in general, if they knew uh, everything that was going on here with their county commission, they would be appalled. I think there is a certain small group of former GOP mm, officers and sympathizers uh, here in the county who, uh, who are obviously siding with the establishment and and the old way of doing things and they they would not be so uh in so in they would not be jumping on our bandwagon so to speak but i think the overwhelming number of people and there we've got a county of uh, well over two hundred thousand people um i think that they would by and large be appalled if they knew what was going on here yep yep well, this is um, this is probably the first of a number of conversations that will bubble up from all of this. I think going forward, especially as more folks learn what's happened and uh, let their feelings be known about it. So um, we appreciate your your work. You've done a ton of work on all of this, but uh, thank you for bringing it forward. I'll say this. I'll say this, and if our board of commissioners is listening, um, Mr. Nat is listening. I'll just say this: this is not over well okay. we're going to keep it in the front page of the news so thank you, you great fascinating interview and um i think you know those that know mr sullivan know he doesn't bluff yeah so i suspect we're going to hear more um he's done a great job for quite a number of months now uh he mentioned that this was brought forward as an issue back in may He's done a good job over months making sure people are informed. There's a, a number of folks that have all the, the appropriate data and um, uh, will wait expectantly to see the next step as they, as they emerge. Well, like I said, it's what the good people of Forsyth County are going to do about it now because it's in their hands. So, yep. 
people have to resist this uh, illegal activity. In some ways, it's not very different than what we're seeing with Colton Moore and Charlie's Bird and others yeah. who are standing up for the right thing and they're getting really no support. And so if there's an advantage in this, if there's a, 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 a silver lining, if you will, um, it's you get to see who people are. Inactivity in these cases is yeah. not acceptable. And exactly. folks will learn to judge based on what people do and what they do not do. So. so I wanted to briefly mention, we've talked about emergency health, uh, but I want to talk about uh, just everyday health. Family Farm Beef Box, uh, our good friend Glade Miller-Smith, runs an operation where he, where he will ship frozen beef directly to your door pre-cut. And uh, he's really trying to support, as are we, family dinners, family gatherings. Uh, the beef is fantastic. Uh, after your first buy, you will agree with me on that. But uh, you can sign up for a sponsor or a, a subscription where it comes every month, two months, three months. Or you can just buy a sample package and check it out. Uh, Family Farm Beef Box. Do we have something there I could bring up? I have something. Uh, give me just a moment. Yeah, okay. we'll be right with you. So we really want to support uh, non-MRNA production in our food, in our poultry, and in our beef. He does not use MRNA. And uh, I, I have one right here I can bring up. Bill. Here's the, what the beef box looks like. This is a sample pack. This is his kids putting the food together. So go to familyfarmbeefbox.com, check it out, and uh, support our sponsor. And I'm, I'm telling you, you'll be very happy you did. You want to put that up real quick, Bill? Um. <laughs> okay, sure. never mind. No, that's okay. That's okay. All right, so we'll see you next week. Uh, so today's Sunday, so Wednesday evening at seven o'clock, and we've got another pack show already, so we'll see you then. Thank you very much. Thank you.